Father in heaven, we thank you for this Sabbath day and for this chance for us to be here. And Lord, I thank you for Ava, who's with me here, and for the powerful words that she's going to speak to us in your name. And uh, Lord, I pray our hearts will be open to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So it's a special Sabbath. I'm glad you're here. There's quite a few folks here that, that I'm excited to see. My cousin is here, Steve Harms and Debbie, his wife. Um, he's my older cousin. I just thought I'd throw that out there. I'm the youngest of all the cousins in that family. So we, I may be able to work that in a few more times before we're done. But I'm so glad that uh, Steve is here uh, and able to be with us and, and Debbie as well. It's really awesome. And some more of Alicia's students from her class are joining us today. So we're very glad to see them again. Adam is here again. And oh, wow. Is, is he? Isabella. Isabella is here as well, and we're so glad that they've joined us today. And, and any other visitors that are with us, we're so glad you're here, and we want to welcome you today. Glad you've joined us. You've chosen a very good day to be here. Uh, so this summer, we're, we're wanting to spend a little time hearing some words from, from folks that are a part of this community uh, that you might not get to hear from normally. And uh, last Sabbath, Ted Hamilton was with us here. I see Ted out here today and, and just did an ama amazing job sharing with us some of the things he's been doing and, and, and came up with this just totally crazy notion of bringing church to church. So we're still wrestling with the implications of that statement. Uh, but uh, powerful, if you missed it last Sabbath, you want to go back and listen to that. Next Sabbath, Alicia will be joining me here and uh, that, that should be a great uh, experience on any number of levels, but I'm really looking forward to it because uh, she's going to talk to us in the context of issues in grieving and loss. That's one of the classes that she teaches at Advent Health University, and uh, she's been doing a lot of work in that area and has some very powerful things uh, to contribute to us in that process uh, next Sabbath, so make sure you're here for that. But today, I am happy to welcome here with me Ava Niemeyer. Now, before she starts to talk, I want to read you a little text. We're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, and in the thirteenth year of his reign. Now, when I say Jeremiah, you already have in your mind, okay, this is someone of significance. But I want you to remember, every prophet started out young. And not everybody wanted to hear a young prophet. And so the Lord said this to him in verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you and will deliver you, says the Lord. So those words are for Ava today. Do not say, I am a youth, for the Lord has sent you to us to give us a word, speak what he commands you, and look at all those faces. Do not be afraid of their faces. For the Lord is with you and will deliver you. 
from this morning of three times you've had to get up here and speak. The deliverance is coming, and it's been a blessing to date. But I want you to hear from Ava today, but before we get into the heart of it, you need to know who Ava is. So Ava, tell us your full name and uh, if you have any family sitting in like the third row on this side or something. All right. Um, I, my full name is Ava Isabel Niemeyer. I'm 14 years old and my family is on the third pew. Um, I have my two older siblings, Ben, Abby, and Ava. Ben, Abby, ben and Abby Niemeyer and um, Mari as well. <laughs> He's and, a friend, friend of the family. Good to have him there. And then um, my parents, Eileen Niemeyer and Mark Niemeyer. Okay, and you might all know uh, Mark Niemeyer is our head elder here. And we appreciate his spiritual leadership uh, with our elders and, and in this church. And many times you've seen him in different roles. Particularly, he's been investing time in the lobby and uh, going around and meeting with you. So if you ever need somebody to pray with, Find Mark. He'll pray with you right then. But I give you that just so that you understand a little bit of the context, a little bit of the home setting uh, that Ava comes from. Now, now your family has had some traditions through the years, and, and as any Christian parents do, your parents have done some things to try to encourage spiritual growth in you. Uh, what are some of the things that, have, that your mom and dad have encouraged you all uh, to do <laughs> to grow closer to God? Um, well, we all try, our family tries to have as much family devotionals as we can, but we, my father and my mother have um, mostly encouraged what we call tag time, which stands for time alone with God. Um, it's basically just trying to find um, time with God and time to praise Him, whether it's in the morning or night or whenever. And so you've been doing that. Is this just something they tell you and they never do themselves? <laughs> no. no um, my father and my mother, they're very good about doing this. Um, they, my dad wakes up very early just to spend time with Christ, and that has really encouraged me over the years. Yeah. So it's important what, mm -hmm. what we model, what we model gets seen. And you're going to see that more as we go along in some of the things that uh, Ava has for us at the end. But there's another piece here. You've been a student at a particular institution that this church is somewhat invested in, right? Where, <laughs> where have you been and where are you now? I went to Forest, um, Forest Lake Education Center for 10 years. That's hard to do. She didn't <laughs> fail, though. Pre-K, K, 1 through 8. There it is. And so, you, so you were there for a long time. Yes. And it was in the context of your attending Forest Lake Education Center. So you graduated just back in May, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So it was in the context of going to Forest Lake Education Center that you encountered uh, a particular Bible teacher. Mm -hmm. Can you point that Bible teacher out to us right now? <laughs> My Bible teacher is Mr. McFadden. I've had him for two years. He's right over there in the first few. <laughs> he had no idea he was staying for three services today. <laughs> so Mr. McFadden uh, has been Bible teacher and, and was Bible teacher this year. Mm -hmm. Mr. McFadden loves a certain kind of assignment. <laughs> Yes. What kind of assignment does he love? All right. Well, um, he gives us the, he gave us these projects throughout the year, um, but he gave us this assi um, this project called Draw My Life, 
Um, and it's basically a time lapse of your, you drawing your whole life out. Um, but it's really just a brief um, description of your life, and it's mainly trying to focus on where your life with God began and where it is right now, whether it's like gone far or it's just the same. So it is that assignment and that process that brought us to where we are right now. Because after Ava did her project, uh, her father... Uh, was was kind enough to forward it to me and I watched it and when I got done watching it the first thought in my mind was the whole church needs to see this this is a powerful testimony and this is very well done so that's the reason we're here that's the reason Ava's here and I'm so glad I believe this to be a God-ordained thing this year that, that this would come up on this summer when we're doing this with our service when we could we could make this happen in this service so so what we want to talk about is really based on the work uh, that came out of this assignment so we have that for you and we're gonna play that right now this is gonna pull that up so so watch Ava's life what was it called again draw my life draw my life there it is draw my life assignment for mr. McFadden's class and then we're gonna talk about it. hello my name is Ava Niemeyer, and this is my Draw My Life video. It all began on June of 2005. My family found out that they were going to have another baby. My parents had already had a baby girl, and before my born, my family had originally thought that I was going to be a baby boy. My name was originally going to be Ian Matthew Niemeyer. But midway through my mother's pregnancy, my parents were actually told that they were going to have another girl. I was born on February 17, 2005, at 5.30 in the morning, but I didn't come out crying like normal babies. My, mother my mother's umbilical cord was wrapped twice around my neck, causing me to turn blue and not breathe. There was a possibility that I could have died. But my family was filled with joy when luckily the doctors were able to get me breathing again, all on my own. All my family was relieved and came to support my parents. Later on, I was consecrated at Forest Lake Church at three months old, and I continued my life with my Christian community and family. I began attending pre-K at Forest Lake Education Center when I was four and I have stayed at Fleece ever since then. My life and relationship with God didn't exactly grow as I grew up. This is because I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist community. It was already very normal for me to go to Sabbath school, and it was normal for me to go to the school where I would learn about the different stories of God every single day that I went to school. So it wasn't as normal as it is for others. Time passed by and I eventually grew up to be in 6th grade. While I was in 6th grade, I received an awful information that a friend of mine, whom I was very, very close to, found out that her father passed away. I knew her dad very well and I was extremely close to him. Her dad was in the hospital unconscious for a very long time and during that time her family was waiting outside and that time my family and I were praying for her. Because of this, I began to doubt God and what he could do. 
But nothing got better as I began to start my 7th grade year. Things began to go downhill for me. I stopped praying and believing because I felt that God wasn't there for me. Other girls would tease me and pick on me. My own closest friends left me. They would tag along with the other girls and just make fun of me, just like they would. This led me to doubt what God could do, and I stopped believing for a long time in my life. That year, the seventh grade year of my life. But I feel as though God noticed this, and unexpectedly when I began my eighth grade year, I decided to attend a Vespers at my church. This was new to me because I had never been to one at my church before. As I sat down and listened to the woman speaking, I felt as if she was reading. She knew just what to tell me, and I thought, maybe God put this person in my life and urged me, urged me to come, to hear her. Her words reminded me that God has a reason for all of his doings. After this, I began attending more church activities, and I started my own morning devotionals, and I began praying every things more. My view of the world began to change as I really began forming my relationship with God. As I began my 8th grade year, things finally didn't begin to fall apart again. I continued to participate in amazing independent and group activities that helped form a better character in me. These activities took place in my Bible class of 8th grade taught by Mr. McFadden. One group project we had was about 10 ways we could get closer to God. This really reminded me of the different things that I could do to continue my relationship with God and not have it fall apart again. The verse John verse 25 says, One thing I do know was I was blind, but now I see. I can relate to this verse to my life. Even though I am still a sinner, my eyes are now open a little more, and I am not as blind as distracted in the world around me. Once in a while, I still do have doubt in the Lord, but those times come and I remember to pray and ask God to restore my faith and show me Him again. And as I continue these traditions, I remember easier to remember that He is real and loves me. As of right now, I'm still having my devotions every morning, and this summer, I'm planning to get baptized at Siesta Key Beach, and I pray that my life will continue with God by my side. No one will ever know what the future will hold, but as long as I remember that God is by my side, it will always be easier to feel safer and more confident in myself and Him. It might be hard, but I hope that my relationship with God will continue to improve with every day that comes. So isn't that a powerful telling of a story that we've all lived in one way or another, haven't we? And, and on the one hand, I, I want it to be an encouragement to you so that you know that those investments you're making in your young people, that those moments are coming and there is that growth 
that's going on there. But I want to go specific to this story because there's, there's a very important point in this story that has played a big role in your life. So, so, so there, was, there was the early part of life. And isn't this really the challenge for parents? That uh, as we are raising our kids and trying to teach them faith, there is what a young child can handle. And then there is what the reality of life eventually becomes. The understandings we have to gain and the way we have to find faith through those experiences. And, and what stuck out for me in that story was the very critical time in that story for you where, where the faith that you had known and been able to handle to date was challenged, mm-hmm. but ultimately you found a new faith. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how that challenge came to you and what helped you bridge through that gap of the seventh grade when you were doubting God. All right. So um, growing up as a Christian, um, it's all it's it's normal to learn, you know, about the generic stories of the Bible. You almost have them memorized. You hear them so much, and so you're always taught um, that God provides miracles when you need Him. Um, he provides for you even when you don't notice, and He's there for you, um, and He's always going to be there to fix things. But um, when this event happened in my life, it didn't fit what I had been taught. Um, um, and when he pa- when Bellafold Wright's fa- uh, father passed away, um, I was I began to doubt God's existence and that He was really there, because all my life I had been taught that He was supposed to be there to to provide miracles, and I was certain that he was going to keep him alive, that he was going to provide that miracle. And when he didn't, I was brokenhearted, and I started losing faith and doubted, and by then I had just, I had lost all hope. And um, uh, that point in life that you were talking about, um, when Bella Fulbright and her mother and their whole family, of course, um, they're all very involved in the community. You guys have probably seen them plenty of times. They're always helping out where they need to. Um, and they're always there to encourage people. And they're very, they're very kind and thoughtful of others. Um, and so in this time, I, when I was doubting, um, I really needed some kind of encouragement. And when I was certain that they were they weren't gonna, I wasn't gonna see them as much anymore. Um, they weren't going, I thought that I was gonna lose connection with one of my closest friends, Bella, because of this heartbreaking um, event. Um, but really when I should have been there to help her out, when I should have been there to get her through this, this crisis, she was really there for me. Her whole family was there, and they might not have known it, but um, in that time when I, lost all faith, um, their encouragement, they, they were just, they were still okay, well, they weren't okay through it all, but they were, they were fighting through it, and they're, they're all warriors in that family, and as they fought through it, that encouraged me to keep fighting too, and so that's how I kept it going, and that's how I kept my relationship with God intact. 
you need to talk longer because you choked me up there. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> but what I want to say to you is, is and, and this is a, a point to grab right here, that moment that you think is most devastating in your life, when, when you show faith, even in the midst of the trial, it is so impactful, and you don't know. And I just want to say, family, Yvonne and Rodney and, and Bella and all of you, your continuing to show up and live faith has been powerful for us. And Ava... And Ava is an example of what that faithful determination has produced. And I praise God for that faithfulness. Because this was a young person who was challenged, as I know you were. But because you chose to live by faith, even in the darkest hour, she was encouraged to live by faith as well. <laughs> Going to have to ask you a question so I can get myself together. All right. So that had an impact on you. And you decided, as you headed into your eighth grade year, you were going to do things a little differently. And the whole experience was a little different, wasn't it? So, so what happened as, as you came back to the foundation your parents had laid, built on by this experience? What happened in eighth grade? Um, well, as I told you before, I had my teacher, Mr. McFadden. He'd been my Bible teacher for 7th and 8th grade. Um, and in 8th grade, um, I feel like he, he was, he, since we were leaving into high school, I feel like he wanted to leave us with something more impactful and something that we could take on to with us to high school because it's a whole different, whole different world. Um, and so I didn't like it at all at the time. I thought it was unnecessary work. Um, and I could have been doing plenty other things. But um, he would assign us like at least four or three times a week. He would give us these verses. He'd talk about them a little bit, sometimes say what they meant to him himself. And um, um, we would have to highlight them in our Bibles. And as you can see, I have them all written down here. Um, and I kept this Bible, and uh, I kind of don't like to admit it, but I, it became very in handy um, in the future. And so um, I wanted to start things different in eighth grade, and so I needed a way to do that. And the biggest thing is tag time. You have to know what, what kind of tag time is right for you. Um, and the best way to spend it. And so I wasn't sure where to go with that, but as I started eighth grade and he started giving us these assignments, he, we all had our own individual journals, and when he would give us these verses, um, he would ask us to just reflect on them. He would say, just write what God, what, what you think God is saying to you, and even if you don't think he's saying anything, just write that, maybe. Um, and so as I wrote um, a couple times a week about these verses, as I highlighted them, I started to realize this could be my routine in tag time. Um, this could be a way that I have my tag time and it actually start meaning something. And so 
um, I started routines and stuff, and I even um, was inspired to use this, the Victory Reading Bible. It's a Bible plan, um, and it gets you through the whole Bible, and it's very helpful. Um, and so after that, I started, it wasn't just a childhood thing, you know, to, because my parents told me to have tag time. I didn't just go through the Bible and read it or whatever. Now I actually wanted to, and because of, because of the encouragement of others, I started wanting to read the Bible more. And um, so I was able to make time in the morning, and I was able to get up and stay awake as I read the Bible and went through my devotionals. So this is a very powerful testimony here, and I want, there's a couple of things I want you to see here. One of them is how a bunch of things came together here. But, but before that, I want to thank Mr. McFadden, first of all, for, for asking the students to do this, but secondly, for encouraging them to be honest and not just pretend. You know, because on those days you read it and it really didn't mean anything, you encouraged them to be honest about the fact that I didn't really get anything here but to keep going back and to keep looking again. I appreciate you encouraging them to be honest and giving them that challenge. But then the second point here that I want you to see is how this whole system fits together and why we make the investment we do uh, in Adventist education. So first of all, mom and dad lay down a foundation of the importance of the word in the life of the family. And Ava gets that in her heart but she hasn't reached a point of spiritual maturity sufficient yet for it to really be feeding her the way that it could. She goes through a challenge, and in the midst of that challenge, it is people from the larger faith community that pour into her life and bring her through that time to a new day. Upon arriving at that new day, a new awareness comes, and it's in that context then that she encounters Mr. McFadden in her eighth grade Bible class who gives her assignments that drives her on the next step that carries her to where she does this project, finds herself in front of the church today bearing witness to you of what God has done in her life and will be baptized later this summer when she's baptized becoming a part of this church family, joining us in this purpose together. This is why we do all these things. This is why we invest in the school. This is why we tell parents, you are the absolute foundation. Yes, church will help. Yes, school will help. Yes, others will help. But you've got to lay down that foundation in the life of your kids. All of those pieces God takes hold of and brings. And out of that comes young people who are walking with the Lord and finding new experiences. Now, don't we all wish we could sit here and say, good news, Ava, from here on it's glorious and you'll never have another trial. Who would, who would vote for that if we could? Would you vote for that? That's not how it works, is it? But God will be there to bring the next step when the next step is needed, won't he? And we just have Ava here Abby could give testimony of her experience. Ben could give testimony of his. So many others of you. God works in us and through us and brings about his purpose. So now you have this process. You have uh, ways that the Lord will continue to grow. 
So as we're coming down to the end here, there's a couple things I want to do as we get to the end of this time here. The first is I want to read a text. And this text comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. And these are my words to Ava right now because she is about to give us all a challenge and a charge. But I want it to be in the right context. So Ava, hear these words. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. Okay, I want to pause just right there. Because if you got nothing else from today except the fact that there's a young person up here who has committed herself to, get, to take up God's Word every day and read it and seek to hear it, a lot of you need to take that example and embrace that. And go to the Lord. Get up a little earlier and make that time. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. What a powerful impact that would be to the church, wouldn't it? If we took seriously the youth and we paid attention to the example they set for us, and we thought about the example we were setting for them. So with that in mind, with that recognition that God calls the young, that God puts words in their mouth, and that we need to hear those words, I have two questions I want to close with. And the first is, Ava, what would you say to the young people here today? And by young people, I'm going to go arbitrarily a cutoff, senior in high school, on down. What would you say to them? Um, all right, so this might sound, sound a little cliche, but um, as Christians, um, it really isn't easy to continue your faith with God, um, knowing that you can't see Him, you can't hear Him, you just have to trust and continue your faith with Him. So my advice, I guess you could say, or request is that um, as a Christian, even when it gets really hard, and I don't even know what you're going through, but even when you don't feel anything as you go through your devotionals or as you come to church and you're just listening and it goes straight through your head and you don't hear anything, it doesn't mean anything to you, I just ask that you keep trying. You still keep having your devotionals. You still go to maybe your youth groups or things like that because eventually one time you're going to hear something that's going to mean a lot to you. Like that happened to me when I went to Vespers. You're going to hear something one time and it's going to mean a lot to you and it's going to be worth it when you, when you hear that. So just continue to, in your relationship with God, keep pushing for that moment. So I hope you heard that. And I hope you will. Yes, incredible advice. Now, here's the second question. What would you say to us older people? And by that I mean everybody who's left high school on up. What would you say to us? Um, to, to the adults, um, I request that um, you have had a, a long, or maybe not even a long life, and you've gone through a lot of struggles and you've had a lot of experience and you have a lot of advice to give. And as you look at the young people, we still have 
a lot of time in our lives and we could really use your advice and your testimony. So if you haven't already, or if you have, continue to share your testimonies and your experiences, whether they're positive or not positive, because um, even though we might give you sass or be angry with you sometimes, we really do look up to you guys and we take notes from everything that you do, whether it's positive or not, and we learn from you guys. So I just ask that through all that you do, you represent Christ and even the young people to represent Christ because um, we're, we're gonna do the same thing and um, share your testimony. So she's requested this of you, I plead it of you, because there is a generation watching, and it makes a difference, and they care about your experience. So as we bring this time to a close here, I hope you have heard from the Spirit and that God has spoken to you in this, and you know what specific piece of this you need to take home with you. But I want to do something special at the end here, and I want to ask Alicia to come and join me here and grab one of those microphones over there. There we go. I think we have, what number does that have on it? Or should we just make them guess? Four. All right. Microphone four. Sorry, Vince. We got one here from the front row. Is it on? Yeah. It makes everybody crazy when I freelance, but it happens sometimes. So, so uh, as we close here, I want to read a psalm. And I want to read it to you. I want this as a blessing to you for the blessing you've brought to, to us today. And then uh, Alicia and I are going to say a prayer for you, a prayer of blessing for you, because you have, you have done a powerful work for the Lord today, and we appreciate that here. So here, here are the words that I want to be true about you in your life, okay? In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. You have given me the commandment to save me for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O oh my God, out of the hand of the wicked out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and my praise and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. I pray that you would be blessed by these words.
and that you would fulfill these words. Alicia, will you start the prayer and I'll close. Father God, thank you so much for your love for us. And thank you that you have revealed it to Ava and that she has a good solid hold on the fact that you are trustworthy even when we don't understand. You show yourself faithful and patient and loving and kind and even funny over and over and over again. Thank you for her testimony today, Jesus. Thank you for how it's blessed our hearts, all different ages. Lord, I would pray that you would give Ava Hupamone that patient endurance. And I pray that you would give her spiritual discernment, spiritual eyes to see what's really going on in a situation, and spiritual ears to hear what people are really saying with their hearts, even if their mouths are saying something different. I pray that you would protect her spiritually, that you would help her in her tag time to remember to put on the full armor of God. And Lord, I want to stop praying for Ava a second and pray for us as a congregation, and especially us as adults, because that's one of the things that the Spirit came and said to me through Ava's words, was that parents were not to get discouraged, and we need to keep trusting. Jesus, it was said of him in Isaiah that he said he would not grow weary or discouraged until what he had set out to accomplish was finished. And that was our salvation. And he went through a lot. So help us to remember that you are with us and whatever it looks like presently in our situation, to not lose hope because you are a good God and your promise is to bring good out of everything. So Lord, thank you again for Ava. Bless her family. Bless her relationships at school. And bless her as she goes into high school, into academy. And help her to be able to shine brightly for you there and lift you up in a way that people decide to join her. And Lord Ava is here before the congregation as a representative of her generation. And Lord, we have heard from her amazing words that have stirred our hearts. How many voices have we not listened to that could have moved us and we neglected them because they were young? Lord, forgive us for this oversight and help us to believe and to hear and to listen and to take seriously the charge to set a righteous example because you seek righteous generations. Lord, I thank you for all the pieces of this story. This story that's just beginning. This is just the first part of the first section of the calling and work that you have set before Ava in her life. And Lord, by her testimony today, she has set herself apart to a sanctified work. I don't know what form it will take, Lord, but whatever it is, call her clearly and lead her into whatever it is you are calling her to do and to be.
that she may make known your word to many generations, from her youth to the days when her hair would be gray. Lord, take her whole life, and as she dedicates it to you this summer in baptism, may your spirit come upon her in a powerful way that she's not known before. And Lord, for this whole church, give us the wisdom to hear wise words when they're spoken, regardless of where they come from. Help us to be faithful in reading your word. Help us to be kind. Help us to show love. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. been such a blessing to us today. We don't expect that you're always going to be perfect. We haven't sainted you. We just see the Spirit of God in you. And we know that you know where to go if there's a mess up and that we're going to be here praying for you.
close, I want you to hear the blessing from Ava today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make you his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.